Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Well Done Podcast. Today's solo episode is going to be a short and sweet one, but one that anybody who's ever been in a relationship and wondered if it was time to end it needs to hear. I get asked that question all of the time. How do I know when it's time to walk away? How do I know if this relationship is for me or not? If they're the one or not? Do I stay? Do I go? And my answer to that question is a little bit nuanced because, of course, it does depend on the nature of the relationship, your personal relationship history, your attachment tendencies, so many individual factors that I can't give a sweeping generalization that would apply to every single person hearing this. But I will say that in my experience, typically people fall into one of two camps when it comes to this question. So I'll address each of them. And then at the end, we're going to talk a little bit more about how to actually experience the type of relationship that you want, whether it's within the current relationship that you're already in, or if you're single or going through a breakup and looking to have that experience in a future partner. And you're wondering, is that really possible? Can I have that kind of love? Does that exist? Is it possible for me? We're going to answer all of those questions towards the end of the episode, but let's dive right in. First camp of people that I will address if you are asking the question, should I walk away? Should I leave? If you are somebody who identifies with having an avoidant attachment style or more avoidant tendencies, maybe you identify with disorganized attachment style, but you err on the side of avoidant. If that's you, listen up. This is your part of the answer. (laughs) So if you're somebody who tends to those avoidant behaviors in relationships, who puts walls up, who gets scared, who ghosts, who runs away, who finds reasons to not be intimate and deep and vulnerable with other people because it's scary and maybe you've been hurt in the past and there's probably really valid reasons why those behaviors are your instinct or your impulse to turn to. But if that is you, you get to ask yourself the question, Am I looking for a reason to run away? Is this relationship starting to get more serious and I'm looking for a way out? I'm looking for a red flag. I'm looking for something to be wrong. I'm looking for the reason why it's not going to work so that I can get ahead of the potential heartbreak that could come for me if I stayed in this relationship. That's ultimately what avoidant behaviors come down to. It's that vulnerability, intimacy, Romantic love don't feel safe to us or just love in general, connection in general don't feel safe to us because we've had experiences in the past that have taught us that love can hurt, that people can leave, that we can be abandoned or rejected and that we might lose ourselves in the process of a relationship. There's so many reasons why we might be scared to really allow ourselves to be seen and to be fully connected with another human and to take the risk that is inherent in love because relationships can end, people can leave, people can die. There's all kinds of ways that that we can get hurt in love and it is still worth it in so many ways. But if you're operating from the either belief system or nervous system perspective, that that risk is too big and so avoiding love avoiding intimacy avoiding vulnerability is just easier it's going to be hard to break those patterns the first stop is the first step is just identifying them being able to see 
what your patterns are, what your tells are, what are the things that you do when a relationship or a connection starts to feel a little too real, a little too serious, a little too committed. What do you do? How do you freak out? How do you close off or push them away? What is it that you do when things start going well because you're afraid of, of, of them not going well, of losing the good thing? And once you've identified that pattern, there's a lot of work obviously involved in sitting with the original wounding or the original trauma that created the pattern and being able to devote some time and energy to healing that. But once you do that, then when you ask yourself the question, oh, am I doing that thing again? Am I looking for a reason to run away? Am I looking for an excuse to get out of this because I'm scared of what it might turn into? Then you can be honest with yourself. And the answer might be, no, I'm actually not. No, this actually isn't a good fit for me. I've been working on my avoidant tendencies and I know what those look like and that isn't what this is. Or the answer might very well be, yep, that's what I'm doing. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm getting in my own way again. There I go, self-sabotaging again because I'm ultimately scared of, of a good, real, healthy love. I've never experienced that before or I have and I lost it and I don't want to go through that again. So we get to go through that, that process, that conversation with ourselves and then ask yourself, okay, am I willing to show up anyways? Am I willing to take the risk anyways? Am I willing to share myself, to connect with this person, to go deeper, to love with the potential that I could get hurt on the other side of it or that it could go really, really well? This could be the relationship that goes the distance and there might still be hard times, but this could be the one that lasts for me and am I willing to take that risk? And I've seen so many of my clients that I've worked with go through this same process and sometimes we can be really sneaky our avoidant tendencies can be really tricky with the way that they show up we can convince ourselves that this person really isn't for us we can get so certain that this isn't the right fit because our ego that avoidant side of us that doesn't want to lose its control is really really charming, manipulative, convincing. It will get its way because it's rooted in this desire to try to protect you and keep you safe. This part of you ultimately just wants to protect you from getting hurt and it will push all the buttons and find all the ways to make that happen. And so sometimes it's a matter of really stepping back and being able to look at the, the picture of the relationship with this person and your own history and knowing yourself well enough to say, you know what? No, I really am just scared. I think I really am just looking for a way out. And what if I could just sit with this a little longer? And sometimes having support in that process helps, like having a therapist or a guide, somebody who can hold space for the emotions and the fear that's coming up for you and help show you what this part of you is, is trying to tell you <laughs> and what these feelings are trying to tell you and then get to a place where it feels safer for you to take the risk, to say yes, to show up for love. So that's the one camp <laughs> of people who tend towards avoidant attachment style. If you're asking yourself the question, has this relationship run its course? Should I leave? I would ask yourself the question first, am I looking for a reason to leave because I'm afraid of love? I'm afraid of what could happen if this commitment deepens. 
and just be willing to, to be honest with yourself, to see what comes up in that answer. Now, the other group of people, anybody else who doesn't identify with having avoidant attachment tendencies, my answer to you is that if you're asking this question, you probably already know the answer. For most other people, again, people who don't have a history of, of looking for a way out, looking to run, if you're asking yourself the question, should I leave this person? Should I end this relationship? You probably already know that the answer is yes, you should. And it's just that that's not a fun answer, a fun truth to know. Because we know that what's on the other side of that is potentially hurting somebody, potentially breaking somebody's heart, potentially experiencing heartbreak ourselves and having uh, having to go through the aftermath of a breakup. We know that having that conversation is not going to be a fun thing. So even if some deeper part of us knows, yeah, it's run its course or this isn't the right person or the right relationship for me or the right time for me, even if we know that to be true, it's still a hard thing to do. And so sometimes we sit in the question because it feels easier to not know. It feels easier to say, I don't know if they're right for me. I don't know if they're the one. I don't know if I should leave. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm <laughs> saying this from a place of so much compassion because I used to be an I don't know kind of person. Even when I was in my early 20s and in a really unhealthy, abusive relationship, I obviously knew that it wasn't healthy. I knew that this wasn't what I wanted long-term, but I had convinced myself all the reasons I should stay. And I was sitting in the, I don't know what to do. I knew what to do. I was just scared to do it. I didn't want to do it. It was going to be really hard. And I didn't want to have to face that yet. And so what I would invite you to do, if you're in that place, is to trust yourself. Trust your intuition. Trust that voice inside of you that knows what is meant for you, that knows who is meant for you and who is not, and that knows that there's a possibility of an even greater love out there than the one you're currently experiencing. Because that's a big part of this question as well. Sometimes we stay in relationships because we're afraid that it couldn't possibly get better. Like maybe that's as good as it gets. And so we might as well stay with this person because what if it doesn't get any better? What if I give them up and then there's no one else out there that's a match for me or that makes me feel the way that they did? And when that thought process is running the show, we stay in this place of settling, this place of complacency, because again, we're afraid that what we really want isn't possible for us that it doesn't exist or that we're just not worthy of it. And so we have to do some work around the origin of those beliefs and, and doing the work to, to repattern them and to experience new, more empowering beliefs in the realm of love and relationships and life in general that we do get to have what we want, that it is possible for us, that we deserve it, that we're, we're worthy of it. And how you can become more certain of that fact, because those are facts, by the way, you get to have what you want. You are worthy of having what you want. It is possible for you to have what you want. Those are all facts, whether you believe them right now or not. But I want you to work on believing them because the more you believe them, the more you'll experience them to be true in your life. 
And so you do that by creating more clarity. So when it comes to love and relationships, if you've been around for a while, you've heard me talking about things like non-negotiables, deal breakers, preferences, core values. That going through that process is essentially getting clear on what it is and who it is that you want in a partner and what type of relationship dynamic you want to experience and how you're showing up to embody the version of you that has that kind of relationship. And the clearer you get and the more then you take action to live life from that particular perspective, from that particular lens, the easier it is to feel certain that what you want is possible and that what you want is coming in the timing that is right for you. And again, the more you do that, the easier it then is to say no to anyone or anything who isn't what you want. Even if they're some of the things or half of the things or almost all of the things that you want, you get to trust that you can have everything you want. And yes, there is some nuance here. Again, you might have heard me talk about the differences between preferences and non-negotiables and where our standards are. We should all have as high of standards as we want for ourselves. Nobody should ever tell you to lower your standards, but you do get to be honest with yourself about where you can be flexible and where you don't want to be flexible and then honor those boundaries and create this space and possibility for the unknown to be even better than what you're currently imagining because we don't always have the big picture. We don't have all the information. We don't see how good it can get for our lives until we create space and possibility for life, for the universe to surprise us. And sometimes staying in a relationship that's not meant for you just because you enjoy the company or you like having this person there as sort of a placeholder for whoever comes next, that person is taking up space and energy and love in your life that the universe would love to fill with something that's even greater. So do the hard thing and be willing to walk away when you know it's no longer a match for you, when you know that this connection in this form that it's in has run its course. And that doesn't also mean that you can't be sad about it. If you're the one to end a relationship, you still get to grieve, you still get to be sad, you still get to process the heartbreak of it just because you're the one that broke up with them doesn't mean you're not entitled to feeling all your feelings. That's a very important part of the healing process and moving forward and creating space for more of what it is that you really want, whether that's a better relationship with yourself and, or I think it should be and, and a better relationship a better suited relationship romantically for you in the future you get to have all of that and you get to set the boundaries in order to create the space for it first so this might have called you out (laughs) if you were listening to this and feeling like okay I was not prepared to be emotionally called out in that way I get it it might feel a little bit confronting Again, my invitation is to just sit with some of the questions I posed, sit with some of what we talked about, maybe journal about it, see what it brought up for you, see what felt true for you. Again, trust your intuition, trust that there's this part of you, this your higher self that knows and is guiding you to where you want to be. Trust that inner voice. The more you build a relationship with it, the easier it will be to trust it. 
And then get clear on what it is that you want and get clear that you get to have that. You get to experience the life that you want, the relationships that you want, all the things that you want. And it starts with tapping into those feelings in the here and now. And of course, if you want support in that whole process, in healing from a breakup, in healing your attachment styles, in coming into a more authentic relationship with yourself and with love, I would love to support you in that. I love the work that I do with my clients so much. It is so special and sacred. And when when somebody shows up to work with me, especially one-on-one, man, it's so beautiful to see somebody show up for themselves in new ways and give it their all and heal and clear and transform old wounds and trauma to create space for new love and new life and getting unstuck from old patterns that they've been stuck in for far too long. It is really, really special work. And I am so honored to get to support people, women in particular, in moving through that work. And of course, know that if you're looking for more of a self-guided self-paced type of work and a community setting. The self-care space offering has a lot of great resources on healing your attachment style, healing through breakups, relationship patterns, self-love, self-talk, all the things. You could take that at your own pace and make sure you get on my mailing list as well because depending on when this episode comes out, I might've already announced it, but I am coming out with a new um, really special group program on guiding people through the process of healing relationship patterns and creating space for a really big experience of love, like the type of love you know that you were meant for and maybe have questioned if it it exists for you. We're going to guide you through how to get to that place where you're not only certain that it's possible, but where you're actually experiencing it. So that's going to be really special. And if you're on my email list or following me on social media, then you will get all the updates about how you can snag one of the spots in that group. My emails and DMs are always open as well. So if you have a question, want some guidance, want support on something, feel free to reach out to me. I love hearing from you. If there's a topic that you want me to do a deeper dive into on this podcast or someone you want me to interview, please let me know. I really welcome your feedback and suggestions. And I love getting to connect with you because community is really important to me. So it's really nice to, to hear from you and see some of your faces online as well. And for those of you who are curious about working with me, I'm really looking forward to getting to meet you and sharing the ways that I can support you. As always, if you knew or know somebody who could benefit from hearing this, if you know somebody who's in one of those relationships that you know should end and they know should end, but they haven't done it yet, or they've been asking that question, you know, should I end my relationship? Please send them this episode, pay it forward, share these resources with them, get them thinking, get them moving forward on their healing path and in their life. And Let's grow this community of people who are learning to love better, starting with themselves. I I really appreciate you being a part of it. As always, until next time, have a happy, healthy, and love-filled day.